This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello. And welcome to Line Dance Podcast with... Megan Barcelia. And Christopher Gonzalez. Today, we will be reflecting on this past weekend at Pikes Peak Line Dance or Bust 2019, hosted at the Double Tree by Hilton, where they give you cookies, in Colorado Springs, Colorado. This is our third year it attending is. this event, and it's, it is our second year of teaching. And it's their 19th year. It is their 19th which year. Which I thought was very convenient, considering it's 2019, so it's going to be very easy to remember, going forward for me, how long the event has been taking place. Mm-hmm. So in 2020, I'm sure we will see many of you there for the 20th anniversary, or the 20th I guess it wouldn't be an anniversary because an anniversary is after one year. So it would be the 20th occurrence of Pikes Peak Line Dance or Bust. Be there or be elsewhere. But don't be elsewhere. Yeah. No reason to have FOMO when you can just show up. Exactly. We started this journey... Way too early in the morning. So very early. Oh, and also earlier in the week, as sort of a prelude to this, I posted onto Copper Knob, the line dance depository, three of my newer dances, one of which was Put the Hurt on Me, and also, just as it happened, Midland put out their video, their official music video for Put the Hurt on Me, and I, I shared that video on Facebook, mentioning that I was very excited to be teaching a dance to that song at Pikes Peak Line Dance or Bust. Uh, also, while this was happening, Copper Knob was about to cross their 100,000th uh, dance mark of uh, uploaded step sheets. And I saw the count when it was still at 99,997. And I thought, okay, well, I do have these three dances. <laughs> Maybe now would be a good time. So I uploaded Put the Hurt on Me, as well as right by my slide, choreographed for Byron Roberson of Country Soul and Country Soul Podcast. Go check that out on Spotify or wherever podcasts can be found. And the other dance was Party in the Back, which was taught not that long ago at Line Dance Marathon by Miss Rosie Moltari. I uploaded all three of these. I was very excited to uh, have them out in the world in preparation of our travels to Colorado Springs. I think our original plan had been to go to Daly City a night in advance and stay in the peninsula so that we could do the SFO trip the following morning without having to worry about rush hour traffic. And we altered these plans later, which I think still worked out okay. Yeah, we were lucky. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have to deal with too much rush hour. We also left early in the morning. I think, was it five something? Well, it was later than five. We were supposed to be leaving by five because our flight was at like eight something in the morning. And getting from Sonoma County to San Francisco Airport during the morning hours is quite the adventure with how many commuters join the freeway all along 
that our drive. Turns out the city of San Francisco is a very popular place to work. Apparently. But probably a little bit too expensive to live. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I, not wanting to be late, not wanting the stress of being late, was like, well, we can leave, we can stay home if we leave at like five o'clock in the morning to miss all the traffic getting there. And that still gives us plenty of time to go through security. Because I have yet to get my TSA pre-check, but after this trip, it's happening. I'm oh. done. I'm done. I can't I can't do the whole waiting thing anymore. My time is precious. <laughs> yeah, I got TSA pre-check and one little 20-minute investment ahead of time doing the interview and fingerprints and all that stuff will save you a year's worth of long lines and hoping that they have the dog to smell for drugs in the line before the metal detectors and uh, taking everything off, putting everything back on. TSA PreCheck allows you to just walk up, put a couple things on the, the conveyor belt, take off your metal items, walk through, and take your items on the other end. So quick, so easy. If you're able to do it, go for it. If you're able to upgrade to Global Entry, do that just in case you feel like going to Masters or Crystal Boot Awards or something. If you're coming from the States, that is. Yeah, if you're, if you're doing international travel, I, I would say go for that. It's, it's not available easily in our area, so I just went for a pre-check. But uh, I look forward to a day when we both are able to breeze on through. Yeah. Um, the reason why I bring that up is because there was the most amount of people I have seen on a Thursday morning, early morning security check in the three years I've been traveling. And I started getting a little bit nervous seeing that we were a little bit scrunched for time because we left about an hour later than we wanted, well, when I, than I wanted to, but uh, then we agreed upon leaving. Because, close to it. It was like 5.40 something at least. Yeah, because mornings are difficult sometimes. <laughs> um, I was very proud of myself driving at almost Megan's speeds. And we used the <laughs> carpool lane, which I don't think Google had accounted for. No. So we, we, we got through uh, a large chunk of the freeway without even noticing that for everyone else, it was rush hour. Yes, we were very fortunate in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um However, with all the security people, I was, I was definitely feeling the anxious energy rising mm-hmm. because I knew our flight would be boarding soon. However, I don't know how I managed it, but as I got to a certain spot in line, I had noticed, because it was moving, that one of the agents had opened up a second line and I was the last person to get to go through it. And then they closed it off for everybody else. So I skipped the like the three lanes of winding and had a straight shot. There was when I walked in, there was ten people in front of me until they got to the agent who checks your ticket and your ID, as opposed to the probably twenty-five to fifty people in the winding lanes. So I was already like a, oh, okay, I can breathe a little bit. That that just saved me a ton of time. Now I just have to fight for the line where everybody takes off their shoes and takes their laptop out and make sure they don't have any liquids and blah, 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 blah. 
And fortunately for me, I have spent many days at this point in line at different things. And I am a talker. (laughs) So two girls behind me were having a conversation about movies. And I turned around because one of them was saying how much they loved a movie. And the other was saying how awful it was. And so I turned around and I was like, I just have to say I adore the conversation that's going on right now because of how they were razzing each other. It wasn't like one of those where there was an insult that was a genuine, like, mean insult or whatever. It was more of a, what are you talking about? That movie was awful. And the other one responded with, what are you talking about? It was amazing. You can't replace that kind of awful humor. It's, it's so much fun. And, you know, so I was just really enjoying it. So I talked to the ladies behind me. And then we got to the... Like we both, we, all of us got through the the first checkpoint and then we're in the line for the, secu- the going through the metal detector and whatnot. And there's two lines that split and the two, the same two girls were like, well, which line? Which one was shorter? I was like, well, one of you can go in one and the other can go in the other and you can test it. And then they actually laughed a little bit. They're like, we could. Or how about we just use you as as, as the guide point? So you'll be our other person. We'll see which line moves faster. I was like, that's fine by me. And so like a few of the other people around us started laughing because of the conversation we were having and they joined in. So it was one of those early morning things where you just kind of had to laugh off the, the little bit of anxious energy that we were all feeling because the line was much longer than I had ever seen at this particular airport on, you know, like this particular time frame. So... But we made it through, and I made it through right when they started boarding pretty much the first section. And one of the things that I've noticed that you and I like to do is just kind of wait till everybody's on because it's either hurry up and wait or wait and then get on the plane. So I don't really like standing in the tunnel waiting to get on the plane. I don't really like standing on the plane in the really tight aisles and although sometimes it's nice to get your seat and get all organized, it's really not that much of a difference to take, you know, the one of the last people to go on and, and sit down and organize yourself as well. So, you know, we, we waited till we were some of the last people to board and got on and began the, the flight. Did you get any sleep? No. No. Not not there, unfortunately. Um, I tried really hard, but I didn't. No, I actually I ended up watching Netflix and actually editing dance videos instead. Oh, how productive. Yes. So it was a, a back and forth thing. I'd watch an episode or two on Netflix that I had downloaded to my phone. And then I would, after an episode or two of that, I would go and edit a few videos that we took from our Reno trip. Mm-hmm. So hopefully... Hopefully, the many hours that we were dancing that I have to split all these videos will be up soon. We'll see. I unfortunately did not bring my neck pillow, which I typically do for these kinds of flights where I think that I may get some sleep in. What I did instead, for those of you out there who don't have a neck pillow and don't feel like buying one but still want something to help you with sleeping uh, in a pinch, I took my hoodie my linedancer-radio.com hoodie. And I bundled it kind of like a burrito, 
where I tucked in the sleeves and then rolled it from the neck down to the waist and then bent it like Superman bending a bar of steel and then tucked it behind my neck as though it were a neck pillow. And it ended up being just thick enough, and with me not moving, it stayed in place, just thick enough to give you the sense of it being like a neck pillow without snapping in place. It really relied on you just being calm and attempting real sleep. So I think I did get a little bit of rest, which I am amazed by uh, because, well, okay. We You're in previous throw us under the in, no no now. not at all. See, in previous episodes, we've discussed all the different options there are out there for flights, and one of the things that we've learned is that after having had some negative or I don't want to say negative, less comfortable experiences and uh, more comfortable experiences, generally speaking, we prefer to opt for the best experience overall that we can. So usually we'll go for something like Alaska if it's available yes. or Southwest where you get checked bags for free. We'll take these options when they're when they're available and if we need to pay a little extra sometimes it's worth it. Uh, one of the airlines of course that has not always provided optimal experiences such as last year when we had a canceled flight and we stayed 24 hours in the Denver airport um, was Frontier. And so we learned from that experience, all right, from, from now on in the future, we won't be using Frontier. And for those who want to save money, that's a great and viable option. For us, though, we're going to see what else is available. And having taken that life experience and gone forward with it, this year what we decided to do was to take Frontier but have a good attitude about it. And so I think... The money savings speak for themselves, and I, I have a I have a great attitude about uh, how much we we save by going to Denver uh, on Frontier and me kind of sleeping and you being productive. So, yes, uh, sometimes you do what you got to do to get to the event you want to uh, arrive at, and um, Frontier. Thanks, it was it was all right. The easiest thing I could say is. You pay for what you get, or you get what you pay for, and you don't get what you don't pay for. So, hence why I couldn't sleep. Hmm. Yeah, we may have discussed in previous episodes how with some of the budget flight options out there, you have few places to lean if you are trying to maybe put your head down. There's not enough room to put your arms across the little mini tray that comes down, so you can't lean forward. You can kind of lean to the side if you're lucky enough to have a window seat. Um, the neck pillow was was my best option, and since I didn't have my actual one that you so generously gave me however long ago, um, I went with the hoodie. And you know, when you're unconscious for most of the flight, it's not that bad. It's, it's, it's livable. All right. You make the space work for you. Um, I think we ended up landing close to 12.30 and we had an hour to pass while we waited for Mr. Raymond Sarlemagne to land and get through customs because the three of us were picked up by Sharon mm -hmm. 
and unfortunately at this moment in time, I do not recall her last name, hmm. but she was nice enough to drive to Denver to pick the three of us up and then drive us down to Colorado Springs. And I made, I don't want to call it a traditional stop, but I know I've been there at least a couple times at this point over the last couple of years. Uh, I made a stop at Caribou Coffee and they just recently started selling or offering boba milk tea. So I got to try one of those that they had there as well as browse the bookstore. And there were so many interesting looking books. I was tempted to buy one. Uh, there were a couple that I thought, you know, yeah. I can read these right now. This this information will be so useful to me. But rather than do the impulse buy right there, right then and there, I looked online at my local library's website and I saw that they had an audiobook version of the one I wanted to buy. So I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah. You, you 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 talked yourself out of that one for a while, yeah. trying to really convince yourself not to purchase it. Yeah, I, and I thought like this would be great to even have on the trip. I could make notes in the margins about how it relates. But realistically speaking, it's like with food. I've learned this about myself with food. If I'm not going to eat it that day, there's a chance that I won't eat it at all and it'll go to waste. So I know better than to buy something that I think I'll want later. And I knew that I wouldn't have time to read it at the airport before getting picked up. Once we were in the car together, I wouldn't be reading it while we had you know, company in the car. That would be rude. Right. And then, I'm, of course, I'm not going to read it at the event because when have I ever read a book that I packed from right. home at an event? Well, to be fair, nine times out of ten, when we've packed books, it had nothing to do with being at the event. It had everything to do with the airport thing. The problem is we never give ourselves enough time to get to the airport that we have time to waste. True. <laughs> and that's where the book would come in handy. Right. So it's it's when we don't pack the book and then the flight gets canceled or delayed or something like that that we're like, oh, all right, well, I guess we can like, you know, be human beings and enjoy each other's company and have conversation and whatnot. But if we had a book, we could read that too. Yep. Yeah, so I ended up not getting anything from there, just enjoying the rest of my drink. And I don't think we brought snacks, but if you take Frontier, pack your own snacks, if you possibly can. Uh, as Megan mentioned, you will be paying for everything. And I, I heard somebody order, I think, like a cranberry juice ahead of me, and it would have cost them $2.99 for what would, on other flights, be free. But hey, you know, they're, they're passing the savings on to you by giving you lower fare. And I don't even remember offhand what the flight cost, but it was not expensive. No. I, I believe it was something like, I want to say like 200 round trip or something like that. Yeah. Which is, I mean, if you were to fly directly to Colorado Springs, good luck paying less than 300. Um, we flew to Denver and then were generously driven to Colorado Springs and saved so much money that, yes, it was Frontier, but it was worth it. Right, exactly. And the drive was pleasant. We got to see all kinds of countryside and hear about what life is like in Colorado these days, um, what houses are, are going for, the influx of people. Uh, we got to hear Raymond's experiences with uh, competition judging as well as competition entering, which he has done many times over and won a good many number times of. over. Yeah. And then also we, we talked about what makes a good dance. Mm 
quote, good, like what makes a, a successful dance? Um, how are dances spread these days? What are the best ways to get your dance out there? So a little bit of shop talk, you might say, about dance, as well as what's happening in the world around us in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And then we actually stopped to take in some of the world around us at Starbucks. Shocker. Yeah. Um, we got to the hotel probably, I'd say maybe an hour before we were supposed to meet downstairs. So that would have been like 4.15, 4.30-ish, um, which wasn't bad by the time everything got done. Um, yeah. I, I think I remember Maybe feeling earlier. very relaxed during the time off that we had just kind of sitting to the point where I don't think I was ready to peel myself off of the bed to meet downstairs. That sounds like that's that may have happened that first day. Yeah, I'm trying to think because it was about almost a two, almost an hour and a half, two hour drive, mm -hmm. and then we had the stop, which definitely took some time. Mm -hmm. And we left the airport around two by the time we got everything together. Mm -hmm. So I would put us about four o'clock ish. Mm -hmm. And by the time we checked in and got into our rooms, it would have been like 4.15. Mm -hmm. um, I very, 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 very much wanted to just sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but I also knew what lied in store for us later that night. And I did not want to miss Copperhead Road. Mm -hmm. Copperhead Road is a bar in Colorado Springs. Yes, it. it is where... Pikes Peak Line Dancer Bus does their kickoff party night. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a really neat idea that their welcome party is hosted at a local venue as opposed to another ballroom. One, which if you follow me specifically on Facebook or Instagram, you should see the video that Chris actually took of just the decorations and the environment around it. Plus, I, I went live on Facebook a few times um, during the night so that you can see all the people dancing. But I think it's a really cool way to celebrate the culture that's around the area when it comes to line dancing because we all know everywhere does different line dances. And they have fun ways of certain things that they'll yell out where other places they yell out something different or they don't yell out at all. Um, we had we had a lot of fun experiences the last three years uh, at Copperhead. So I, I, I knew that this was definitely going to be the place to be. Before I forget, you mentioned night and... For, for a long time devotees of Line Dance Podcast, we drove by the former site of Nights Inn as we were going back and <laughs> forth you know, from the hotel to other locations. And the Nights Inn of Stories Past is no more. It is no more. They are some other kind of hotel now. It looked, from the look of the sign, it was like SCP Hotel or SEP Hotel. Some other hotel is now where Nights Inn was, but it is no longer the Nights Inn with which we became personally familiar that one year <laughs> that we stayed there. 
I, our rite of passage yes. adventure. Yes. I think is is how we described it. Mm-hmm. To to put it nicely. Yeah. Um, Check through <laughs> the archives of Lion Dance Podcast at liondancepodcast.com if you'd like additional information on those stories. Yes. Um, so we ended up meeting downstairs in the lobby because they, being the event directors and our wonderful volunteers, had had a way of organizing rides to and from Copperhead Road mm. so that we didn't have, you know, 200 people taking Uber. <laughs> Although I'm sure Uber would have appreciated that. Mm. However, uh, we got down and we got paired with a, a, a group of people and then we were on our way and we showed up a little bit early so that was new last year I think we showed up late because of when we finally arrived in Denver and then getting the uber to Copperhead Road from where we were staying which was quite the distance away from the hotel and the night began Oh, one of the things that I made sure to do almost as soon as I arrived was order food. As we've described in the past, venues survive based on physical, actual, real money getting spent. What? And they do. some places will charge a cover. Some places will not. Sometimes the cover is enough to keep the lights on, keep the staff paid, um, keep the music playing. But if they don't charge a cover, like Copperhead, then by dancing there for free, you get to enjoy the night, maybe you provide some entertainment. Mm-hmm. But the bar staff, the restaurant staff, they all are getting paid for money that isn't going into their, into their registers. Um, and... I, I had that in mind as I was there, and I thought, like, I've got to get something. But, you know, we don't drink at events because it throws off our walls. It makes us sleepy. We're just right. useless to the world. Um, and I took a look at their menu. They had some great deals on food. Yeah, they did. Yeah, that burger. They had, they had a burger deal, uh, which I was not expecting. I think it even came with fries. And they had these appetizer deals where the more you got, the more money you saved on each one. Yeah. So I tried... Four different kinds of appetizers. I think there was a fried mac and cheese. Those were pretty that was legit. Delicious. Um, they had mini corn dogs, uh, some kind of mushrooms, like fried mushroom balls, and then cheese sticks, fried cheese sticks. I had all of those. I had the burger. Wow. I think it all ended up coming out to like twenty-eight-ish dollars, and I considered that to be my contribution for the night, uh, in lieu of alcohol. And they offered all sorts of water. Um, I, I had my my water without ice, as I know that you uh, mm-hmm. l- like to order as well. And it I didn't even feel bad. It slows me down. Hmm. Ice slows me down. Same. And usually, if I go to a dance place and I don't pay cover and I'm drinking water, I'm like, wow, I'm part of the problem right now. I am why country bars are going out of business right. because I'm coming in and keeping everyone up late, but I'm not putting any money back into it. So. Uh, that that made me feel good that I that I could do it and oh my goodness the food was delicious. Yeah, I, ended I up, had every bite. I was like, like I end up ordering the onion rings, the deep fried macaroni and cheese, whatever that was. That was yes. good, 
and mini pretzels. Mm, how were those? Those were really good. I'm I'm such a pretzel person. I mm. love my pretzels. So I was definitely excited. And then I got like nacho cheese on the side because just salted pretzels with nacho cheese sounds amazing. Mm. So I definitely ate all of the pretzels. I ate most of what they gave me for the mac and cheese bites. Mm -hmm. Sadly, because I was dancing as much as I was, I didn't eat any of the onion rings, mm -hmm. but that's okay because I got them to go. Mm -hmm. So, Another thing that ordering food helps do, which I think we learned by talking to somebody else, maybe it was Jeff, about it, was that it advertises the food to people who have never been there before, mm -hmm. such as, Probably a good number of the people at Copperhead that night who were there for the event. They've never been there. They don't know what's on the menu. They don't know what's going to be good. They don't know who has eaten before that they can, who has eaten there before who they could ask for a recommendation. If, like myself, you have a platter of a little of everything, then somebody walking by could be like, oh, can I try one of those? Wow, that's delicious. I'm going to order one. Right. Having everything there in view. Uh, for people to see as they walk by and maybe even try a little sample of just puts more money back into the bar mm -hmm. and makes them even happier to have us back in following years. Yes. Otherwise, it's just a flood of dancers and a dearth of money. Yeah. Also, um, you were mentioning how it's interesting having the pre-party there instead of in just a norm another normal ballroom. It's a great bridge for people who are regulars to the bar but have no idea that an event is going on in their area. Maybe they just didn't talk to the person who is planning to attend or they've never seen a Pikes Peak or Line, Pikes Peak Line Dance or Bus t-shirt. Or even going so far as to saying something along the lines of they didn't think it was for them. Right. Like, they're like you know, I don't know all these dances or I ha it doesn't sound like something that would be for me. I just like my local bar for the dances we do there. Mm -hmm. And then they see all these people come in and having a time of their life and really just having a blast and then they get exposed to what the event could be for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's that bridge between the country bar world and the event world people think is is uh, unconnectable. People, people think it's one or the other. You're a circuit person, you're a bar person. Well, this really this pre-party event shows that it's all line dance, and you can have a good time anywhere you go if you have an open mind and you're willing to try something new. Absolutely. Looking at the playlist, and we are going to be combining our, our playlist and reflections just for our own mental purposes, keeping everything streamlined. We started off with... I'm not even sure if we were there. Were we here for Come Dance We were. We were. All right. We, 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 we did it how we normally do it, which is several walls separate, and then we switched to sweetheart position. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I like that it shows people that you can do yes. it in sweetheart position. So it's nice to do that every once in a while. Come Dance With Me by Joe Thompson Smansky. Then I'm Free uh, by Raymond Sarlemagne, Roy Verdonk, and Jill Babnick. And we had two of those people on staff we did. this year. Raymond and Jill. Then we had Another Quickie by Joanne Brady, and Joanne was also on staff. Step by Step by Philip Sobrilo. You want to say this next one? That would be Damn. With five exclamation points by Rob Fowler. Uh, American Kids by Randy Pelletier. 
or Pelletier. I'm not sure how he would like to pronounce that. I'm No Latino by John Robinson. And some people nearby me had seen that dance for the first time at Copperhead and thought, oh, wow, I've got to ask my instructor to teach me that one. That one looks fun. Another good um, opportunity that this kind of thing provides is showcasing dances that people might not otherwise see. And, of course, John was on staff, so perfect. One That Got Away by Step 5678. It's All About the Three Steps by Jose Miguel Beocefane and Roy Verdonk. The Wolf by John Lieberman. And, you know, back at home, I don't always do The Wolf because, you know, we hear it every week. But doing it in a new place with new people, mm-hmm. I, I jumped in. I definitely um, took some flourish liberties on, on some of those walls when yes, the music Yes, I definitely noticed um, a particular move that I like to do. I don't think my hamstrings are flexible enough to pull it off, really, but with I'd With go Christopher for style. Well, yeah. Anyway, you'll see it if you uh, come to the event next year. Maybe. Country Walkin' uh, followed that by Terre Dasaro. That was, that was a really cool thing, considering I just recently taught that mm-hmm. at our Hot Monk Classics Night two weeks ago, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be on Thursday. It'll be two weeks ago. And so I had it not only fresh in my mind, but fresh accurately to step sheet, mm-hmm. which apparently when I originally learned it was not the case. Uh, and I had a couple girls jump in on that where I was dancing and I was able to kind of help them through it since I was already fresh on how to call it and everything. So that was kind of cool. I do have to remember the song switch option well, I say song switch option, but uh, Here for the Party by Gretchen Wilson because what we did it to was a different song. So I liked, I like having, you know, a couple songs in your back pocket for some of the easier beginner dances that are classics that have been around a while so that you can keep them fresh for people. Mm-hmm. Then we had Back on Texas Time by Gail Dawson, the first of many times we would hear it over this weekend. And it... Dancing it here and at the event really refreshed the dance for me because we you had taught it locally some several number of months back and people requested it for a while then we started seeing it less because you know as as I'm sure many people out there know dances come and go based on how much time there is in the playlist and what's new that people want to request and what has fewer requests that you know, might just not get played that week. After enough weeks, it just doesn't seem to be getting much play at all, and it's sort of an occasional thing that pops up on shuffle. Well, there is a part in the lyrics that evokes a reaction from the crowd, specifically at Copperhead Road and at this event, that I was not expecting. I was not either. And it made me very happy to see that they had a way of interacting with the song that uh, I could you know, choose to participate in myself. Right. And it's part I, of that, that culture that you don't always get at your local event, but if you go to some other place venue, you get exposure mm-hmm. to how others dance or interact in this case mm-hmm. with said dance slash song mm-hmm. lyrics. And if it plays again, if it happens to come up again, I'm sure that I will be brought back to 
the the times that we got to dance it in Colorado Springs and maybe others who were there and shared the experience will be able to enjoy the interaction with that song and dance mm -hmm. in the same way in like mind. Yes. If you are somewhere out in the world where you do back on Texas time and you have a way of interacting with certain lyrics in the song, please let us know what those are and maybe we can compare notes and see if they're the same. After that, we had Walk It Down to the Honky Tonk by Step 5678 and I'm Caught Up in the Country by Step 5678. Oh, and if anybody out there is curious why we haven't been specific, I think there are some things that really should just be experienced. There's a special memory as well as, it's kind of like some added bonus to you had to be there mm -hmm. kind of thing. It adds incentive to go to the places that we talk about as opposed to just hear about them and then think, oh, well, I already know what's going to happen, so I don't need to go. We actually talked about this recently with our playlists at uh, Hot Monk and Twin Oaks. If you do the same playlists, even if they are being requested every week, then a person could decide not to go one week because it's just the same playlist on shuffle. Why bother? Yep. Nothing fresh or exciting or interesting or unmissable is going to happen. So it's just a matter of deciding, do I want to do these same dances that we do every week again? So for some people, the answer is yes. But for others... They want something more. They want something that's called out during a song right. or that is debuted because it's a new dance or is an interesting classic that nobody's seen in 20 years. And when that happens, on the rare occasions when that happens, they want to be there to experience it because you never know if it's going to happen again. Mm -hmm. And... That, that, in my mind, is what would keep me excited to come back every week. Right. Just in case something really cool happens that Keeping can't be replicated. Freshed. Mm -hmm. Fresh. Fresh. <laughs> I'm going to interrupt real quick. Go right ahead. Because there is a typo mm. on the playlist, so I want to make sure we got this corrected. Mm -hmm. Joe then taught a new dance mm. called Off the Beaten Track. Uh, by Gary O'Reilly. Mm -hmm. So, um, on the, the the sheet we have here, it actually says path, but the dance is Off the Beaten Track uh, by Gary O'Reilly. And this was actually kind of a fun moment for me because I had gone live early, just a little bit earlier mm -hmm. and I had commented something along the lines of, okay, first teach is coming up and so I'll be back. Well, I really didn't want to put the teach live because I felt it was one of those things that's special and you should be here. You should be at this event. You should be getting these lessons from these amazing instructors and experiencing this to the fullest capacity you can. So I really kind of wanted to keep the lesson special. However, when I was on earlier, I had noticed that the one and only Gary O'Reilly was watching me go live. So I knew once the dance through portion of the lesson came on I wanted to go live so Joe taught the dance and as she was getting close to calling the last wall I went on Facebook and I went live and because I knew sometimes it takes a little bit for you to enter in the information for the live what you want to call it and then for people to notice that you're live and I was able to actually get 
several responses from Gary and interaction between Gary and Joe was kind of fun because she was on one end and he was seeing what she was saying live but then I had to wait for his response and read it to her and you know I mean it had to have been way too early in the morning like middle of the night kind of situation yeah I was about to say because if it was evening for us yeah then eight hours later than that would have been deep into the night. Yeah, on a it was Thursday probably like night. two or three o'clock in the morning. Easy. Yeah. Well, he caught him at a good time then. Right, and I remember one one moment she asked, "Like, where are you right now that you're watching live?" <laughs> and his response was, "I'm in bed," hmm. <laughs> which was fun. But it was kind of cool to be able to share that with him, mm-hmm. as well as anybody else who tuned in live. But to have that across the seas technology bridge which I think was really cool. And I did it a few more times throughout the evening. I went live mm-hmm. because I really want people to see, like, this is an event like no other event. And all events are actually different, but there's just something special about Copperhead Road. Mm. And I just, I, I love it so much. So I wanted to be able to share that with people. Mm-hmm. It shows people that this is a truly worldwide community. Yes. We can just casually talk to somebody an ocean and a continent away because yeah, we're, we're just teaching you dance. No big deal. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's, it was a cool idea that I'm from California filming Joe Thompson Szymanski, who's from Denver, in Colorado Springs, speaking to Gary O'Reilly, who's in Ireland. Mm-hmm. So it, it was just a, a really cool bridging of the different states slash continents. Mm-hmm. After that, we had Stop Staring at My Eyes by Raymond Salomon and Niels Polson, Brazilian Soul by Michael Barr and Michelle Burton, Simple as a Six String by Duke Alexander and Jeannie Chamas, and then My Teach, yeah. I Love a Rainy Night, by Iris M. Mooney. It's one of my favorite teaches, recurring teaches, uh, f- for teaching at either Hot Monk Tavern in Novato or Twin Oaks Roadhouse in Pengrove on alternating Thursdays. And this was another one that had kind of a specialness to it in that Joanne came up to me afterward. And we got to discuss that uh, dance and and its history. Yes. Uh, which I wouldn't have expected, but because I mean, for us, it's just a casual dance. You know, we do it every week, and I don't know anything about it beyond oh, it's on Copper Knob. <laughs> it's got a couple of Lindys in it, and that was another th- another fun thing that you know I was able to get from this event. Going slightly out of chronological order, uh, John Robinson described the difference in calling things Lindy versus side shuffle versus side triple yes. versus chasse and why we call these things what we do. I have just been calling the opening counts of I Love a Rainy Night as you know a right shuffle or triple right rock recover, triple left rock recover. And I would say if you have an opportunity to take one of John's classes... Take notes. He may not give you a structured outline of how the class is going to go, but you may find something 
nestled deep within it that you will end up taking into your future classes and can apply toward the lessons you give every week so that you will be able to add some additional spice and flavor to what would otherwise be your 18th teach of the same beginner dance. Much as you may already love it. It'll just make it that much spicier. True. Yeah. Very true. So, um, from there, mm -hmm. we had Knockin' Boots by Hannah Reese, Dirty by Raymond Sarlemagne, and Pillows by Linda Burgess, which was actually to one of my favorite old country songs. I say old, but I, I should actually reword that into Nostalgic. Uh, Strawberry Wine by Deanna Carter. I grew up listening to that one. Um, and because I love that dance or that song so much, and I was watching the dance and it looked pretty followable, I was able to jump on the floor and uh, attempt that one. Mm -hmm. Then we had a very sexy, sultry sort of a dance. Tea Me On, and the song was Turning Me On by Blake Shelton, taught by Raymond Sarlemagne. And choreographed by Raymond Sarlemagne. Then we had some other dance, and then a <laughs> local favorite in Colorado Springs, taught last year at Pikes Peak, line dance or bust by the choreographer, my Uber driver, by Megan Barsulia. Song is Uber Driver by Fair and Rachel's. I backwalled it, and I think I may have used my hands once or twice. Probably. <laughs> um, I am. Still over the moon when it comes to this dance and how special it is at Copperhead Road and this particular event because this was the event that I released it at. This was the event that I taught it at and the fact that these people a year later still get so excited to dance my little dance I am truly blessed. I, it's a very special memory for me as the instructor and choreographer. And I just hope that they know how much it means to me that they enjoy it as much as they do. Then we had Good Vibes, which I, I recall took you a moment to recognize. I was like, I, I, I think I know this one. Yeah. Fortunately, I have my walking encyclopedia with me on this trip. And I asked him, and he said it was good vibes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which you taught at uh, Boogie Till the Cows Come Home. I did. Year. It's by Mr. Fred Whitehouse. Mm -hmm. um, this was also one of those that I was dancing next to Shirley. Mm. That must have been an experience. And it was a lot of fun mm. because Shirley is one of those people that definitely has her own fun mm -hmm. and she just you can tell that she just loves it every moment of it and even when she messes up she's still having the time of her life it doesn't matter and so we were playing a little bit i saw some of that. <laughs> and laughing and just having a blast dancing good vibes so it was really nice that i was able to have that memory with her was Joe out there with you guys as well? Joe was. She was a row behind us. Mm. Uh, yeah. I remember her being in close proximity. It seemed as though she was enjoying what was happening oh, next to her. 
Well, I wouldn't know because she was behind us, and it always seemed to happen to the, like the side or front wall where she was out of my line of sight. Mm-hmm. So after that, we had "Absolutely" by Niels Poulsen. These old boots by Rob Fowler. I remember that one being pretty easy, and I think that was one that I wanted to look up later and possibly bring to Twin Oaks because the patterns seem pretty symmetrical, but also like fresh enough for the song and everything. And I figured the song was also something that some of our patrons who are, are really into that country sound would enjoy. The song is These Old Boots Have Roots by Aaron Watson and The Dance. I believe I had seen Rob comment on just a day or two or earlier, if not just earlier that week in general. It sounds like one that he is proud of, you might say, or would recommend because he mentions specifically different patterns that a beginner can practice or learn in that dance it is accessible it is followable and yet as you say it's also fresh it's not just walk 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 kick back and then a couple of vines and then maybe some step touches thrown in there somewhere it feels and looks like a complete and well-rounded dance and it was nice to see especially somebody as prolific as Rob Fowler with pages and pages of dances on Copper Knob. Uh, it was nice to see on Facebook that he had real feeling for this one of his many dances. Yeah, so the fr- it starts with a very familiar pattern of grapevine right, grapevine left. Mm-hmm. But then it goes into two heel digs with two touches, a step forth pivot, and a stomp right left. So you get... A little bit of a fresh pattern there. That's not something you normally get. Um, then you have a, a K step with claps, and you have a walk forward and kick and walk back and touch. So like, there's a lot of familiar patterns in it, but there's also enough of a difference with that one eight count that really keeps it fresh. Because you're like, wait a minute, what just happened? That's not you know what it normally is. However, the other thing I noticed with it was not only is it to a country song but it's got the stomps mm-hmm. and it's got the claps ways to make noise and yeah. we've discussed it in previous episodes that people really like that option of mm-hmm. having that little bit of interaction with the song and dance and being able to make noise it's why they they call things out it's why you know they do the stomps and the claps and everything even when they're not necessarily choreographed in because they enjoy that. It allows them to express just a little bit more of themselves. Mm. Now, some of the rest of these are going to be a little out of order because they were played a little out of order, but I just will say that um, Off the Beaten Track, I Love a Rainy Night, and Team Me On were reviewed at some point. And also on the playlist in one configuration or another were... Most People Are Good by Cheryl Bingham. Flatliner by Step 5678, as well as a tiny little two-person floor split in the back, which was Keep Up, Don't Lose Your Breath by Roy Hidesabroto. Yay! That was danced by Megan and myself. It goes really well with Flatliner. It's a fun song switch. Yeah. And we had If I Back It Up Now, and it looks like it's cut off, but I think that's probably going to say What You Gonna Do or something like that. If I Back It Up Now... 
uh, by Ira Weisberg and Raymond Sarlemagne. Then Coffee Days and Whiskey Nights by Yvonne Verhagen. And A Good Thing by Step 5678, which I told Miss Step 5678 uh, was the opening dance in Reno yep. at the Little Waldorf Saloon for their night of open dance after our workshop. They started the night with A Good Thing. And as we've discussed before, what you open the night with can set the tone. And if people fill the floor for it and the next couple dances do the same, people will feel energized and want to stick around. And I thought it was important for her to know that her dance opened up that night. Yep. Yep. After that, we had Gangsta Walk. Hadn't seen this one in a little while. It's by Fiona Murray, Roy Hidisabroto, and Raymond Sarlemagne. Another followable and interesting dance. Fun song, too. Then Call Me Baby to the song Call Me Maybe by John Robinson. It has some patterns in it that remind me of K is for Kicks. Okay. So I can see why he might have gravitated toward K is for Kicks when he was teaching it around more often. Um, and this one you know, might even be worth bringing back home if maybe... At the same time, those of us who know Call Me Maybe, the version that we did back at Mavericks, want to do that somewhere else on the floor. Then we have Smells Like Trouble to Me by Frank Trace. Sweet Something to the song Sweet Little Something by Jason Aldean by Step 5678. And I was looking around for you to do A Sweet a sweet Sum Sum by Trevor Thornton, which we used to do at Mavericks and still do, sometimes in the middle of the floor at Stoney's while they're doing some kind of cha-cha on the outside. But I didn't see you, yeah, so we did It's funny because it. I looked for you as well, but mm-hmm. I guess apparently where we were was diagonal from each other, and yeah. so we had a whole group of people dancing and a pillar mm-hmm. in between us, so we just we just missed it, and so that's all right. We'll have plenty more opportunities to dance that one. Then we had "Keep It Simple" by Maggie Gallagher, and I think I saw you dance that one. Yes, yes, you I, were. You I were like this one. It is one that I have taught myself. Mm-hmm. It is actually one that I asked um, Cheryl, which is one of the event directors, if <coughs> pardon me, if it has been taught in the area yet. Or if someone had requested it, because it was one that I wanted to pitch as one of my my teachers for the event. But it is one that they already do there. So mm-hmm. um, with this one, I was actually I fell in love with the the song, and I was working on something to it. And then when Maggie came out with something in the beginner level, I was like, oh, forget it. This is just too cute. I, I'm gonna keep it. I'm just gonna find something else to work on. Mm-hmm. Then we have Mr. Lonely, which is credited uh, as being by the Midland Line Dancers, but I think what happened there was that somebody uploaded their interpreted step sheet uh, based on having watched the video, uh, Mr. Lonely, the line dance, officially released by Midland. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, I think it was actually choreographed by Robert Royston, which he then clarifies later in a tutorial video. Okay. But because the tutorial video did not come out immediately after the line dance video for the song came out, because they weren't back-to-back, people were left in the dark for a little while as to who the choreographer was. It was not mentioned in the music video. So somebody said, oh, well, I think these are what the steps could be described as. We'll put it on copper now, and since all we see here are Midlands line dancers, we'll just say it's by the Midland line dancers. Gotcha. Pretty sure it's by Robert Royston. Could be wrong. Somebody correct me. Go to linedancepodcast.gmail.com. Send me a, 
an angry, furious message, and just let me know uh, what's up. And if you want, if, if you want to have it be a nicer message, that's fine too. And we had can't can't blame it on the booze by Rob Holly, the fighter EZ by Lenny Means Peterson, and we do the other one by Roy Verdonk, and I want to say it's by Roy Verdonk and Jose. That might be the pairing I'm thinking of. In any event, we do the more intermediate or improver, whichever level you would want to call it, um, dance. And since not enough of us were there who knew that one and a lot of people were there doing the other version, oh, and Raymond Sarlemagne was part of that one as well, uh, the, the Niels Pulse, oh, so we got Niels Pulse and Raymond Sarlemagne, Roy Verdonk. Is there anybody else on that sheet? I could have sworn that Jose was... Maybe I'm just so used to seeing Jose and, and Roy together. Anyway... Nobody was doing and that maybe version. Maybe he was the, the on blue at your color because you taught that them around be. the same That's time. That's true, yeah. It, someday in, in another episode, we'll talk about like sister dances and how we pair them in our minds based on when we learned them or saw them or taught them. Anyway, that wasn't the one they were doing. They were doing the Fighter EZ. I don't know that one. Didn't do it. Uh, then, our last few of the night, we had I Need My Whiskey Glasses by Step 5678, Tonight on the Floor by Donna Manning, Turn the Beat Up by Madison Glover, which you taught at Lion Dance Club at some point. And then finally, kind of finally, Move by Erica Halpin. I believe there was also a another dance and then the electric slide. And then we realized, oh, they're turning it over to the other DJ. That is the end of the night uh, for us at Copperhead Road. However... That did not mean it was the absolute end of line dancing for us that evening, as you will discover in the next episode. Dun, dun, dun. Leaving you on a cliffhanger. We went out to another place that we had never been before, and we didn't know if they were going to have line dancing or just partner dancing, but I would say we made the most of it, and we wrote down what we danced. So if you'd like to stick around for that, check us out on linedancepodcast.com. Or if you want to get the episode live as it airs, go to linedancer-radio.com where you can listen to live-streamed episodes of Line Dance Podcast each week. I believe it's on Tuesdays in the UK. Check out the website and you'll see our weekly schedule. Uh, Thank you to all of those of you who continue to tune in, even as we have microphone issues or location issues or something's flying around and landing on our faces issues. For those of you who, um, who keep tuning in and, and hearing us just talk about whatever's going on in the line dance world, uh, thank you very much. We appreciate it. We, we wish we had more of a way to engage and, and interact with you. We're working on it. We're working on it. But until then, you can always send us an email at linedancepodcast at gmail.com. This has been Christopher Gonzalez with... Megan Barcelia. Until next time, we will see, see you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.